Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Somebody shout, we are healed. Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to cover four areas, four areas that we are healed. Say, I am am healed. So tonight, I don't want you to get in this mindset of you think, well, there's nothing wrong in my body. Please understand, some of the greatest healing that we need is not physical healing. Some of the greatest healing that we need is emotional healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've been carrying that unforgiveness for too long. You've been carrying that bitterness for too long. You've been carrying that thing on your shoulder for too long. All right, all right. Say, we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse number four, it says this, surely, now that means, in other words, he's saying, uh, you need to know that this is a certain thing. It's not a thing with God of if, this is a certain thing. Somebody say, surely. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows. Look at that. He has borne our what? Our grief. What is grief? Grief is your natural response to loss. Okay. All right. All right. Come on, Karen. Now touch your neighbor. Say, help the bishop. Okay, don't make me have two harder worker jobs. Got it? Okay, now watch this here. Yeah, I remember that from the weekend. Watch this. Watch this. Somebody shout, surely. Surely he has borne what my mind does when it thinks it lost something. He's borne my grief and he's carried away my sorrow. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions mean to willfully deviate from what you know to be the truth. So he wasn't just wounded for the mistakes you make. He was wounded for the stuff that you knew you had no business doing. Oh, God, ain't nobody else done some stuff. Anybody in here, you done some stuff you knew you had no business doing. We've all done it. The scripture says he was wounded for that. Look at this. He was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity is generational stuff. It is sin that is passed down. So he, 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 he was wounded for what we knew we shouldn't have done. And he was wounded for the stuff that was done before us that's in our bloodline. The chastisement of our peace or our shalom was upon him. And by his stripes... And by his stripes, you say it, we are healed. 
Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Father, I pray that I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us now, Father, with clarity. And speak to us tonight, Father, that we might move in the healing that you have ordained for us. You have healed us more than just physically, but in any area, generationally, emotionally, physically. And so tonight, Father, we just pray that you would move and that that healing would manifest in the name of Jesus. I said we pray that you would move and that healing would manifest in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, we are healed. You can be seated. I, I want to move right into this. Uh, healing is a settled issue with God. You never have to wonder what his will is concerning the subject because he makes it clear. In fact, one of the names that we attribute to God is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, my healer. Now watch this. This text that we just read in Isaiah is in a sequence called the suffering servant that foretells the coming of Christ or God in the flesh known as Jesus Christ. And that coming, Jesus announced the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. It was the good news. The good news is that the bad news is wrong. The good news is that the bad report is wrong. The good news is that the evil report is wrong. The good news is that what you thought would never, ever, ever work for you, that's wrong. The good news is that we are healed. Somebody shout, we are healed. So that's what the gospel means. Literally, it means the good news. It's the good news. And I don't know about you, but I love getting calls with good news. In fact, I went to the mailbox on yesterday, and I went, and as I was taking the mail out, I was saying, and I kept opening it. I was like, what is this? I don't know where this is coming from, and it was some good news in there. And then I opened another one. It was some good news. And I opened another. I had like four good newses that had signatures at the bottom of it. Come on. Come on. I said, look at here, this is some good news. Now, it's interesting because the gospel, the entire gospel is good news, but sometimes as human beings, we have become so conditioned to receiving bad news that we are unaccustomed to receiving good news, so much so that when we good good news, often it's more difficult to believe. Let me prove it to you. Somebody tells you something negative, you'll believe that in a heartbeat. Somebody tells you something good, you'll doubt it. Okay, let me make it real practical. Somebody says, I really like that skirt. This old thing? Why didn't you just say yes, thank you? Because it was difficult for you to believe the good news. Somebody else say, you know, I like that suit, man. Oh, what you talking about, man? This thing is old as I no, Because we have been conditioned now to receiving bad news, so much so that good news is something we think strange. But I need to get you to understand this as we're moving in this message. I need you to understand this. The gospel is good news. Which means if you came to hear about how life is going to be messed up for you, I'm here to tell you, you don't want to hear the gospel. If you came to hear about how your past disqualifies you, you don't want to hear the gospel. If you came to hear about how nothing's ever going to work for you, you don't want to hear the gospel. But I think there's some people in this place that say, I'm sick of the bad news. I'm ready for some good news. Somebody shout, I'm healed. Now, notice the tense of the text that we looked at. It says, it says, it says, it says, we are healed. Say it again. Say, we are, we are healed. Go on and finish it. We are. No, 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 watch this. Watch this. Notice the tense of the text. The tense of the text at that time was present tense. We are healed. For us reading it, because that was some, written some 500 years before Jesus was born, for us, it would be presented to us in the past tense. We're looking at it from something that was spoken in present tense, but for us, it would be past tense. You're still with me? Isaiah recorded these words 500 years before Jesus was born. So we've got a bit of an issue here. How does Isaiah speak in a tense that would be past tense for us? 
about something that's going to occur in the future. We are healed. But, but, but the healing he was talking about was going to come from Jesus being crucified and shedding his blood. So how was he able to say back then that we are healed, although the, the blood that needed to be shed to be healed hadn't yet been shed? We got a problem because how do you say we are healed yet Jesus hadn't come? Are you still here? Watch this. God's infinite, omniscient wisdom is such that he fixed the problem even before the problem had a name. Okay, infinite means it cannot be limited. It has no beginning. It has no end. Omniscient, omni, uh, science, knowing all things. God said, before there even is a thing called problem, I'm going to create something called solution. Before there's ever something called sickness, I'm going to create healing. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, Revelation 13, 8 says this. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names uh, have not been written in the book of the, uh, the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Check this out. Before God framed the earth, the decision was made to put himself into flesh to pay the price for us on the cross. You missed it. Before the earth was formed, God predecided that he would put himself in a body called Jesus that would go to a place called Calvary or Golgotha and he would pay the price for our sins so that we could have abundant life. The scripture says that the a lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. You're missing it. So, so, so as he was laying the foundation of the world, he said, I know they're going to mess this thing up. So what I've done is before they even mess it up, I've already created the way to fix it up. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Before you ever knew you were a sinner, you had a savior. Before you ever knew you were lost, you, had, you were found. Before you ever had a problem, God created a solution. Are you still here? Somebody shout the gospel. So I says, the good news is that Jesus, Jesus has prepaid for your healing. Uh, 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 say prepaid. Watch this. You were healed before you were ever hurt. You were whole before you were ever wounded. You were all right before you were ever abused. Say we are healed. Say it again. We are healed. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. While healing was settled by Jesus, it, say it's settled. Okay. Remember Isaiah said surely. It's settled. It's a done deal. Later on in the New Testament, it says, whom stripes by stripes, those same stripes were healed. He repeats what Isaiah had already declared. Now watch this. Watch this. Touch him and say, watch this. While it's settled by Jesus, it requires corresponding action on your part in the now. He settled it before there was ever an issue. But in the now, today, it requires corresponding action from you. Okay, watch this. Say, we are healed. They say, Bishop, why you keep having us confess that? Because I'm trying to get you to get in some corresponding action. All right, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Um, uh, uh, if, you, uh, if you had uh, some wealthy relatives that, um, that uh, transitioned and went on and they had a will and, and, and they, left you, uh, they left you something in the will, they pre-decided to give you something. You got that. Now, in them pre-deciding to give you something, uh, it is not rightfully yours until it's no longer theirs 
because it's, it's been left in their last will and testament. Be a good church. So God's will about healing is recorded in his last will and testament. So the reason he had to die was so that you and I had a rightful benefit of healing. You, you know, hear what I'm saying? He, he said, I've got to die because they can't get what's in my will and testament until I'm out of this joker. So I got to die, but I'm not going to stay there because three days later, I'm going to get up. But, but the only way they get it is I got to leave. So he prepaid for it. And then he died to make sure you had legal right to get it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now check this out, y'all. Check this out. Say it again. Say, we are healed. Now, while it's settled, it's settled. It's settled by Jesus. It belongs to, it's in the will. It's in his last will and testament. That's why they call it the Old Testament, the New Testament. Why they call it testament? It's his last will and testament. If I want to know what God thinks about something, all I got to do is look at his last will and testament. If I want to know what I'm entitled to, I just got to look at his last will and testament. If I want to look at what I don't have to tolerate, I just got to look at his last will and testament. Uh, now, now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Say it again, say we are healed. All right, so, so healing requires, watch this, I told you, corresponding action. It's settled. It is a settled issue. It's settled. Do you understand this? It's settled. You, you ever you ever charge something on your card, on your debit card, or credit card, what have you, and, and it was pre, it was authorized? Right, there you go. One of them pending transactions. Y'all got it. Front row got it. One of them pending transactions. Got it. Now here's what they did. What they did was they said it's not yet fully removed. It's just been authorized. So we haven't fully swept the money and taken it. We're just letting you know there's a hold on it. Uh, okay, uh, okay. What are you trying to say? Please understand. Please understand. Uh, in other words, God says, "Listen, listen. This isn't something that's just been pre-authorized. This is something they've already swept out of the account." The reason Jesus let them take His life was so that the transaction could be complete. This ain't an issue of if it's his will. It's an issue of do you want it? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? It ain't an issue of if he wants me to have it. It's an issue of do I want it? Now, now I want you to move in this. Watch this. Healing requires what I tell you. Corresponding answer. What does that just mean? This is a real, real nice term for agreement. Healing requires agreement. Okay? What I agree with and what I don't agree with. Do you know that disagreement is agreement? Disagreement is agreement. Got it? Uh, by saying what you will do, you are automatically stating what you won't. Okay? All right? So check this out. Healing requires agreement. So what do you agree with and what don't you agree with? So what we should agree with is the gospel. We know the gospel is the what? Good news. What should we not agree with? The problem. But you know what I discovered is real easy for us to do? is it's very easy for us to agree with the problem. You know why? Because we can see the problem. And it's easy to agree with what's right in front of you. 
Let me put it like this. You ever, you ever been having a conversation with somebody and, and you agreed, you agreed like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And then later on when you thought about it, you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> now, good challenge is to make sure that you're clearing your communication up front, but when that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, watch this. Here's what I need you to get. Here's what I need you to get. Here's what I need you to get. By, by stating what you agree, and we should agree with the what? The gospel. We also have to be clear what we don't agree with, which is the problem. And the problem is the problem, the way you agree with it is by agreeing it has a right to be there. I want you to see this scripture. They got it up. Very good job. Uh, uh, Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered in my, together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Read the next verse. Uh, then Peter said to him, uh, Lord, how often some of my brothers sin against me? I forgive him up to seven times. Now, now watch this. This narrative, uh, this narrative that's right there, uh, Jesus begins to declare. He says, you can decree anything on the earth and it shall be done. Where two or three touch and agree on anything, it shall be done for them. Where there are two, I am in the midst of them. So he was telling you that when you gather in my name, I'm in the midst. So be careful what you say because what you say is a prayer. Now, now check this out. Have you, ever, have you ever had this sensation where you felt like something was pushing you to say negative stuff? But you were like, no, I don't say that. But it was like, say it. Anybody ever had that? Let's see. One, two, three. Three, four, five of us. Okay, so, okay, we got, we got. Two, okay, nine of us will tell the truth. Guess what? Because what your problem wants, your problem understands that if you agree with it, that in essence you have said, "I disagree with healing." So your problem wants you to get there and say this stuff so that you can give it a right to remain. Can I teach you something real quick before we get into this? And I'm going to move. I'm going to teach you something because I figured you came hungry. So, so let me teach you something. 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 Can I teach you something? All right, watch this. Watch this. When, when, when Jesus was getting ready to heal people, you'll notice he never started talking about the problem. He just decreed the solution. He didn't say, oh, Lord Jesus, uh, you know, uh, Bonamaeus is blind. And the Lord, we just uh, want you to shower down healing on him because he can't see nothing, Lord. And uh, won't you do it? You know why he didn't do that? Because watch this. Everything he would have said after that would have only gave him a sum zero. Bishop, what do you mean? Because he just agreed with the problem. And then to pray against the problem is to have them only cancel each other out. So by the time he would have been done praying, he would have prayed nothing. I'm going to say it again. He didn't say, Lord, you know Lazarus. Lord. Uh, he's gone. And the Lord, we're just asking you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now watch this. He, he, didn't, he, didn't start, he didn't say, Lord, you know Lazarus is dead. Why? Obvious, duh. Watch this. God doesn't need us to be reporters. 
That's why the scripture says, let the weak say I'm strong. You missed it. He didn't need you to tell him you're weak. He knew that. He didn't need to get a report from you. He needed to get some faith from you. So he just said, Lord, you know, Lazarus is gone. He's gone. Lazarus is gone. He said, you know what he just said? He wept. It was emotional for him. But you know what he said? Lazarus, come forth. In other words, faith. In other words, solution. In other words, I'm disregarding the fact that he's in a tomb. I'm disregarding the problem. I see it. I just don't have to say nothing to it because the God that I serve has got the power to change it. Is there anybody in here that believes the God you serve is the God of the impossible? He can do what people say can't be done. He can change what people say can't be changed. That's the kind of God we serve. Somebody shout out, that's my king. Yes, sir. So, so watch this. Be seated. Watch this. So watch this. So, 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 so watch this. It, it is what I agree with and what I don't agree with. Got it. And, and, and I, 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 the other day, I, 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 I just, I just was, I, I was just, I was just in this little moment. I was praying. I was in this moment, and it just, it just, this force was just like, say it. I'm like, no. He's like, just say something negative. I'm like, you sucker. You coming up in here interrupted my prayer time. Now I'm finna talk to you in some other tongues. These are known. <laughs> I'm just being funny. It, it, was, it was like pushing me. And, 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 and as I was going through the prayer, uh, 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 the Lord, he reminded me of what I've taught. And he reminded me uh, of what I needed to implement at this time. He said, listen, don't you dare fall for the trap of agreeing with that problem. Got it? Because check this out. Check this out. Life and death. Or in the power of your tongue. So agreement is demonstrated through my words. Make sense? All right. Okay. And some other things. So, so let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. When you become a believer, you get prepaid healing. Settled. Say it's settled. In four areas. Here's the first area. We are healed emotionally. Emotional healing is perhaps the greatest healing you can ever experience. You've heard this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may heaven hurt me. That's a lie. In fact, many people are still bleeding from the words that were spoken to them. Uh, uh, Isaiah 53, 4, surely, that means what? Settled. He is born or taken our griefs and carried away our sorrows, yet we have seen him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Now watch this. If he is born and carried them away, I got a question. What are you doing with it? So, so let's just walk. I, I just I, I want to talk it through so that we get this. Grief and sorrow, Scripture says, he took. He carried away. Where did he carry it away? When he was on that cross, he carried it away with him. Do you understand this? So the, the words that somebody would say to you that would make you think you're not good enough, he took those words. And put them on Calvary. The low self-esteem that you've developed through life because stuff didn't work for you, he said, I took it. Do you get this? He said, I took it. Now, now, check this. So then the question is, so then 
What are we doing with it? So he took grief. Grief is our response to loss or the perception of loss. I've taught on grief extensively. If you don't have the teachings on grief, my goodness, I encourage you to get them. Okay. But then sorrow. Sorrow. We get sorrow, right? Sad. Down. Depressed. Issues. Mad. All the time. About something from 88. <laughs> you still mad because Billy took Susie to the senior prom. And y'all are supposed to be together forever. <laughs> now, now, I'm being funny, but, but, but here's, my, here's my question. If he took them, y'all, what are you doing with it? You know what that means? You have illegally gone into the realm of the heavenlies and taken back from him what he took away from you. Because the book says he took it. He carried away. Well, where did he, he didn't just carry it down the street so you can pick it up. He, watch this. You want to know where he took it? He took it to hell. While he went to the, I feel like teaching for a little bit. Can I teach you like your Bible college tonight? When he went into the belly of the earth, he took to hell your griefs and your sorrows. So for us to have them, that means we have gone to a realm we ain't got no business going and took what we had no business taking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so say this. Say, I do not agree with grief. I do not agree with living in sorrow. Now, now, let me be real clear. That does not at all mean that there is not a process involved. That does not at all mean you're not going to experience situations where you're going to experience sorrow. Here's what that does mean. is Sorrow and grief should not be the landscape of your everyday life. Does that make sense? Okay, listen, listen. Maybe you ain't a 24-hour problem. Get rid of her. I have a rule in life, and, and, and I try to I do my best to, to, to implement it, is that I don't believe in keeping a problem longer than 24 hours. To, to me, that's too long. It's time to move on to something else. <laughs> Got it? Now, take this out. Take this out. Now, but if you're still in grief and sorrow from something months, years later, you are illegally holding on to what he paid for. And since he paid for it and you didn't, Does that make sense? Yes. All, right, all right. So now somebody said, I just can't get over it. I just can't let it go. I just can't move on. Can I tell you something real simple? This is real simple. The struggle ends when you stop struggling. You ever play tug of war? Now, here's the deal. Because our nature is, is to win. We like winning. Most people. Some of us, any competitive people in here. Say, I have a rule in life. It win. And then when I'm not winning, I have another rule, win. <laughs> so either way, all we do is win. And my hands go up. <laughs> and they stay there. <laughs> okay, watch this. So, so, so touch your name say, I'm a winner. All right, now check this out. Check this out, Harvest. Check this out. Check, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. I want, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Um, when you play tug of war, you know, you're pulling on the rope. You're pulling on the rope. Pulling on the rope. Pulling on the rope. Right? 
Because the whole goal is you want to get them to cross over over the, you know, the partition, over the line. You're pulling on the rope, you're pulling on the rope, you're pulling on the rope. Here's the deal. That's what it looks like when you're trying to hold on to grief and sorrow. And somehow you think that, that in this game of tug of war, that because grief and sorrow comes over to your side, you won. Because, because we think to ourselves, I'm going to teach them not to do that to me again. <laughs> By struggling with yourself. <laughs> and the reason you feel so, so up and down is because you're on this side. But guess what? You're also on this side. You're fighting with you. So that's why sometimes you feel up, sometimes you feel down. Because sometimes this side of you is winning. <laughs> but then sometimes this side of you is winning. And you got a sanctified side that sometimes that's the Christian you winning. And then you got, you know, mm, okay. <laughs> the struggle ends when you just let go of the rope. Like, Bishop, that's super simple. I know. Just let go of the rope. So one of the things, one of the things, one of the things I encourage you to do daily is to lay your hand on yourself and whatever grief and sorrow you got is say, I release that in the name of Jesus. And when you feel it rising, because you, you have those moments where, like, you I'm over that. And you'll shout in church and say, you're like, I'm over there. Hallelujah. Ooh, he preached it. You know, you know. And then on Monday, you'll be like, you know what? I don't believe. So guess what? Every day, you got to declare that over yourself. I release all hurt. I release all pain. I release all bitterness. I release all unforgiveness. I release all grief. I release all sorrow. But Bishop, what if it don't go? Say it again tomorrow. But Bishop, what, what if it don't happen by tomorrow? Well, keep saying it again. You notice how you have to tell your kids stuff a few times? Now, how come you don't just have to tell them once? I told them four years ago, Bishop, not to be messing in my closet. That was four years ago. You're going to have to say something now. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, I declare I left it. A new, a new Year's Eve. I left it. I left it in the, in, in, in the tub. I mean, I know that I left it. Well, if you're still grieving over it and sorrowful over it, sounds like you went and picked it back up. So go and drop that thing back off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know this is so simple, but sometimes we want to be deep that we miss the simple. And so because we don't get the simple, we can't retain the deep. You're not going to be able to swim in deep water unless you first master the kiddie pool. So let's master the kiddie pool and then we'll get to the deep water. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, all right, all right. Cast the demon of grief out. There ain't no demon. That's you. So if you want to call yourself a demon, then come on here. Let me cast it out. Does that make sense? Cast that spirit of sorrow out. Okay, let's move on. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Watch this, y'all, and then I want to move on to the next ones. I'm, I'm almost out of time. You are wounded emotionally as long as you want to be. You are only wounded emotionally as long as you want to be. Say, I am, I am. Heal. heal. And you want to know what, what often happens? Can, can I give you some revelation? Oh, yeah, I don't want it. Never mind. I've learned that sometimes the Lord wants to test what you decree by reincarnating the thing 
Okay, that's too deep. Is that too deep? I, I've learned that sometimes God says, oh, we are healed. Good. I just want to make sure. Because what I've got for you, I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. And I just want to make sure you don't mess this up thinking it's that. So sometimes it'll reincarnate itself. Got a different name, got a different body, got a different address. But it's the same situation. You ever looked at that be like, this is the same? It, nobody? Somebody online talk to me, please. You have been like, this is the same? I, I, I was like, Lord, I, I remember a time uh, where the Lord did that to me. I was like, Lord, this is the same thing. I said, Lord, what's going on? He said, I want to make sure you learned everything you needed to learn. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Right. Say, I'm healed emotionally. All right, number two, we are healed spiritually. We are healed spiritually. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, our shalom was upon him. Jesus paid the price, watch this, for the spiritual price for every sin in the past, in the present, and in the future. Now, the issue some people have with understanding that is, is, is that they don't understand the concept that Jesus could pay the price for something I haven't even done yet. There's this movie I saw. I saw y'all know I like movies, and 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 uh, and and so I, I hadn't I hadn't over the last few months just all that I hadn't had a ton of time to do that, and so but I, I I had some time over the last few days, and I went to see this movie called I think Edge of Tomorrow or Edge Edge of the Day. Somebody coming on the edge, get to the edge, something. And, and the movie was here's was the movie. The movie was is that there was well, I don't want to be a spoiler. But, um, but, but here's the deal. The deal is the guy kept dying, and he kept coming back to life. But when he came back, he was wiser because he got further each time he went. And he learned more. So when he came back, he didn't look at it the same way because he knew something now that he didn't know then. This is what are you trying to say? Uh, what Jesus did for us is he went into our future. And he knew there were going to be some, some things that we did that we had no business doing. He knew there was going to be sin. It literally means to miss the mark. He knew there was some stuff where we were going to miss the mark. So you know what he did? He said, I'm going to die now for what I know is coming in the future. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Now, now we, we get that part, right? But, but I want to make it very practical for you because sometimes that can be taken to an extreme. As human beings, we have a tendency to go to extremes. So one extreme says, well, no matter, I do anything I want to do and it don't matter. The other extreme says, everything I do, uh, you know, hellfire, hellfire, brimstone, all this. Okay, so let me make it real, real, real plain for you. Can I do that for you? There is a difference between Jesus paying the price and dealing with the consequence of an action. There's a difference between dealing, uh, paying the price and dealing with the consequence of an accident. Let me give, let me give you an example, and I'm going to use kind of a kind of a kind of a wild example so that you get the point. Say Jesus, Jesus. has paid for every sin. All right, so that means he he's taken the guilt, he's taken the shame, he's taken all of that. But now, if you rob a bank and they catch you, okay, Jesus can forgive you. 
And the people can forgive you too, so long as they had less than $250,000 in an FDIC insured account. <laughs> now, the people that got more than that, I don't know if they're going to be too forgiven. Here's the point, though. But now, they catch you, okay? There's going to be some consequences to pay. So you can't tell them, but Jesus paid for this. Okay? I, can I give you another example? Can I give you another example? Okay? Somebody steps on your toe at the mall. You in front of the little police substation. You hit them in the face. Because in that moment, you had some grief and sorrow you didn't give to Jesus. Now, I I'm, 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 these are wild, but I want you to get the point. You punch him in the face. You're in front of the police substation. The officer sees you. He walks out. You can say, you know what? Follow the name of Jesus. Please forgive me. I, I didn't even mean to do that. Lord, forgive me. Jesus paid it all. <laughs> the Lord forgave me. They're going to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> this is Denver. I don't know. You know, hopefully they'll say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But we're going to do this paperwork here. And come on in this room. Let me talk to you. <laughs> Do you see? So, so while Jesus pays the price for the sin, don't confuse that with consequences of actions. Because we set different things into motion. Now, now let, let me be real clear about that. What I love about Jesus, and we are all witnesses to that, is that sometimes the grace and mercy he extends is a grace and mercy that doesn't only pay for the sin, but it also sometimes, I think I got a couple witnesses in here, it also paid the consequence too. Because if we're honest, has there been some stuff where it should have been messed up, should have been jacked up, you should have got this and that and this and that, but his grace and his mercy was abundant toward you and you didn't actually pay the price of the consequences? That's the kind of God we serve. But that, that, that doesn't become then just, uh, you know, a license to just do whatever. You follow what I'm saying? So you see how you don't want to polarize that and go to one extreme or one extreme? Does that make sense to everybody? All right, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He paid for our shalom. It says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, which means nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking, all is well. Now, here's what I love about that. Here's what I love about that. Nothing missing. See, so for all of you who confess shalom, but you feel like something's missing, Okay, but now which is it? Is it shalom or is something missing? Because every time you go and tell God what you think is missing, you are unagreeing with shalom. Okay, I can see. I can see. I need to be more specific. So let me deal with the single people for a minute. So you say, Lord, I am shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Birth of well, what is a nothing? Nothing. Okay, so a thing would be a person, place, a thing, or idea, be a noun. Okay, so single folk, when you go, Lord. Nothing missing, nothing lost, and nothing broken all as well. But Lord, I sure need me somebody. <laughs> well, what you are saying is, I don't actually agree with Shalom. You're saying, I agree that something's missing. And my question is, what makes you think getting in a relationship is going to fix what's missing in you? If you're not whole when you stand up there and say, I do, I'm here to tell you, you're going to be more jacked up after you say, I do. Because if you need somebody to complete you, you got it wrong. The best relationships are people that compliment you, not. 
two. So, so, so if you think single folk to get with somebody is gonna fix you, married folk, you understand that ain't true. Amen. Just I'm gonna make it simple. I ain't gonna ask you to say nothing. I'm gonna just say it for you. Does that make sense, everybody? All right, because because people just speak, if I just get if I just get somebody, everything gonna be all right. <laughs> Look at y'all, a good church. Y'all, I like y'all. Y'all, y'all, a good church. <laughs> I like that. Does that make sense? If I just if I just get me somebody, every life is gonna be good. You you know how you know how I know it never will be, is because you don't actually want somebody. What you want is something called affirmation. Okay. It's quiet in the church. It's, it's, it sounds like the... <laughs> we love everybody. Do you understand this? Amen. All right. Okay. All right. Good. So, 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 so here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Uh, say nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking. Nothing is broken. All as well. So here's what that means. That means that every time I say that, that's why at Harvest we try to greet one another. And I don't try. We do greet one another that way. Why? Because we're prophesying every time we say that. Look at your neighbor. Say shalom. And if you know their name, say their name. And look at the other one. If Say shalom. And say if you know their name, say their name. Here's what you just prophesied. Prophesied to foretell. You spoke it into the future. You said, I prophesied to you that nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. And all as well. I prophesied into you. Does that make sense? So the next time you feel the temptation to say something, I, I am shalom. Why? Because he paid for it. Put the verse up. Isaiah 55. There it is. The chastisement for our peace. For whose? Now, remember, Isaiah wrote this 500 years before Jesus was born. So God predecided, I don't want you lacking. He predecided, I don't want nothing missing. He predecided predecided that. Now, that doesn't mean, watch this, that everything works. It just means everything must work together. So stop saying it must not be, God, I must not have it. No, you do have it because nothing's missing. God took what didn't work and put it together with something that did work. And he took the good and the bad and the ugly and he put those jokers together and he made them work together for your good so that you'd be shalom. But he predecided that. He predecided that. Did you get this? Say we are healed. I got to move. I got the last two to get you. Number three, we are healed physically. We are healed physically. Isaiah 53, 5, and by his stripes, we are healed. Stripes there literally means by the wounds on his back. By the wounds on his back, we are healed. And uh, when we began the bounce back series, the first message, I took you through the different places that Jesus shed his blood. Why? Because blood was necessary for redemption. Redemption means to purchase or to pay for. So everywhere he shed his blood, he was buying something. So the reason Jesus let them beat him, because he's God. He could have just been like, "Uh uh-uh, drop dead. 
You ain't gonna hit me again. Who you think? Who you think? You ain't gonna hit me like that. I'm King of Kings, Lord of Lord. I'll call Michael Gabriel, all of them down here. All y'all be over. <laughs> I can close my eyes and life is over, you know. No, he, he takes it. You know why he takes it? Because he knew since he predecided. Remember, before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. He predecided to die to pay the price. Since he predecided, he stood there and he took it. And he took it because he said, it's with these stripes that 2,000 years later that they will have already had a pre-purchased physical healing. Y'all not hearing me. It, it, he said, I'm paying for it now. So all they have to do is receive it later. It's a settled issue. It's a settled issue. Now watch this. Watch this. Physical sickness can occur for a few different reasons. Now I'm not talking about colds and some of that. Okay. All right. I mean, because now, now let me be clear. I'm not saying the Lord can't heal a cold. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, in, in this context, I want to deal with the weightier physical ailments. And the bishop, the Lord, I had a sniffle this morning, and I just turned it over to Jesus and. And, and that's good, and you should do that. I, I just, I want to deal with, uh, for this moment, I just want to deal with the weightier things. But, but, but he can do it. Touch your neighbor and say, he can. If I was in the Baptist church, I'd say, won't he do it? All right, all right, all right. Now watch this. And we love that. I'm just using that as a funny thing. Okay. So, so sickness, physical sickness can occur for a few reasons. And, 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 and in this context, as I'm saying, not colds or things like that, for the context I'm getting ready to give you of why physical sickness can occur. Number one, physical sickness can occur for God's glory. Now, I know that sounds bizarre, but let me show you a verse. John 9, 2. They're going to throw it up for you real quick. John 9, 2. All right. John 9 and 2. Two. Two dose. Here we go. And his disciples asked him, and his disciplined students, that's what disciples means, asked him, saying, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned? Watch this. So we understand as Jews, and we'll get to this point in a moment, as Hebrews, as Jews, they knew that physical sickness could be brought on by some kind of sin, transgression, or iniquity. So let's go back to the verse, because look at how they phrase the question. As, and his disciples, they were all what? Hebrews. They said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was, what's the difference though? Born blind. So that means as Hebrews, their understanding was, is that physical sickness could be generational. Look at the question. And his disciples asked him, saying, teacher, somebody did something. Now, was it him or his parents? Now, watch what makes the question seem a little bizarre, that he was born blind. Well, wait a minute. If he was born blind, what did he do? Except that it was done generationally. That's why it says this parents, uh, this, this, uh, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. So look at verse 3. Jesus answered, y'all read it. Come on, Harvest, y'all read it. No, read it like real loud, like you're preaching it to me. So, so, so watch this. Jesus said, didn't nobody do nothing this time. I just knew that I was going to be walking by him. 
some years later and I just knew that when I was walking by him I knew they'd be looking and so I wasn't punishing him I just wanted to show through him what I could do for you y'all not hearing me it was for my glory that I allowed it did you see this he said nobody did anything he said, I just knew that I was going to be walking by him. And I just knew that y'all were going to ask me this question. And I just knew that the crowd was going to be watching. And I just knew that they needed to know that I'm a savior. And I just needed them to know that I'm a healer. And I just needed them to know that I'm a way maker. And I just needed somebody to know. So it's so that the works of God or the glory of God could be revealed in him. But there's other reasons that physical sickness can come. Okay, so number one, we discovered one of the reasons for physical sickness is for what? God's glory. But then we understand as a result of disobedience, physical sickness can enter. And we saw that all late in the verse, but I'll give you a part. And I'm not going to go there because it's an extremely long chapter, but you can write it down and study in your own time. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, if you, uh, I'm paraphrasing, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings, which are the result of the blessings, shall come upon you. If you don't, Here's some other stuff that's going to happen. Got it? There's about 15 or so verses with the blessing. Oh, about 70 or so, somewhere around there. I haven't counted lately uh, of stuff that would happen if you didn't. And watch this. It wasn't that God was mad trying to get back at you. Because sometimes you can, you, can, you can have a bad view of God like, like he's trying to get you. You ever thought that? Come on, it's okay. You can be honest. You can be calling this man. You, you ever, and if you came up in church where they told you, you better be, God's going to get you. You ever heard somebody tell you coming up, God don't like ugly. And then you thought to yourself, well, then he must hate you then. I mean, he, if you don't like ugly, then you must be on the hate list. I'm, I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. I'm joking. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Physical sickness can occur. As a result of disobedience. And the scripture teaches us that those kinds of things can come as a result of disobedience because they open the door to physical sickness. Here's the best way to think of it. Here's the best way to think of it. I got this analogy uh, years ago, years ago, years ago. Um, think, of, think, of, uh, think of following the word of God as like an umbrella. Matter of fact, y'all, grab me an umbrella real quick. I, you know, I don't believe in all that bad omen and all that. Kind of, I, don't, I, will make my, I will be in the umbrella. Under my umbrella. <laughs> now, okay, so they're going to give me an umbrella. I, I didn't tell them to do that but, but, uh, earlier, so, so they're going to get it for me real quick so you can see it. So when I follow the word of God, I am covered by the blessing of God. Get this? Okay, now check this out. Now, when I choose to, to disobey, to sin, to transgress, to walk in the iniquity of the generations before me, uh, when I choose to do that, good, this is a good Episcopal umbrella. It's scarlet. Yes. All right, now watch this. Okay, cool. Okay, y'all get it. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. All right, so, so, so I'm following the word, right? So the scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust, right? So, but because I'm following the Lord, although it's raining, I'm covered. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Which means I don't need a miracle because I got the blessing. Miracles are only needed to fix something that's out of order. And to reveal God's glory. So, 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 but watch this. So, so I'm covered. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm covered. 
But now when I choose to do my own thing, God doesn't move. Come, 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 come here. You're going to pretend to be. Okay, so just hold the umbrella for me. Thank you. God doesn't move. God is like, I got you. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I've taught you all that. Got it? Now, when I say I ain't doing that, I, I ain't praying. I ain't tithing. I heard the word. That's good. Somebody else, I ain't doing that. So here's what happened. He stays there. So now when it rains, thank you. So now when it rains, it's not that God got mad. Is you moved? Did you get it? All right, all right. So touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Say, stay covered. Now, I could take that to another level of revelation to give you a deeper explanation, but I won't. Let's move. <laughs> so, so for God's glory, as a result of disobedience, and then as a result of poor choices, physical sickness can come. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 26.2 says this, that there is not a curse that comes without a cause. So, Bishop, what do you mean, what do you mean with physical sickness coming as a result of, 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 of poor choices? Uh, for example, if you have an illness that, that's induced by the diet you consume, if you have a sickness that's induced by the diet you consume, got it? Well, that ain't the devil. That's crispy cr uh, uh, crusters, crispy crusters. <laughs> okay, that's McDowell's. Okay, that's Burger Prince. Got it? That's Jack in a circle. Okay? <laughs> Got it? Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. All right. That's Toast House. Took him a little while. Like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm being funny. I'm not, I'm not saying anything uh, in a degrading or derogatory way regarding the non existent establishments I just named. Because those places don't exist. Here's what I'm saying, though. Okay, but that's, that's, that's you. That's your choice. You can't put that on God, say, the Lord won't heal me. He'll definitely heal you. Just drive past it. And you can be healed tomorrow. Shout out to myself. You can be healed tomorrow. <laughs> Does that make sense, everybody? Okay, so watch this, watch this, watch this. Now, now uh, and there's some other things I won't get into. So, so the uh, three ways we've talked about tonight, for God's glory, is result of disobedience, result of poor choices. Now, let this out. Uh, say, say this, though. Say, we are, we are healed. healed. All right, so then when we look at this and we understand that there's these different reasons physical sickness can occur, um, uh, uh, what are we supposed to do? James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 tells us what to do. Got it? Is anyone among you sick? Got it? What are they supposed to do? Let them call for the elders or the presbyters of the church and let them pray over him. Doing what? And what? And 
So here's what the scripture says. I'll leave that verse up for just a minute. Uh, go back to verse 14. I want you to see this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the presbyters, the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Got it? Got it. So, so, so that's why when those times of prayer happen in church, it, it, listen, even if you've been down 40 times, make it a 41st. Don't say, I just couldn't get my faith to get down there. Listen, ain't nobody asked you that. The, the, the direction was to move. <laughs> if anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church, the preachers of the church, and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil, the anointing oil, in the name of the Lord. Now, this is Wednesday night, so can I give y'all some revelation? Why does he need to be anointed with oil? Well, what does Isaiah 10 teach us that the oil does? The anointing oil breaks the yoke. Okay. Yoke was a wooden device used to connect two animals, particularly ox and other animals, to connect them together so that if they were yoked together, one couldn't go without the other one. So when the scripture says, anoint him with oil, the scripture was literally saying, I need to break the thing connecting him to his sickness. Come on here. Watch it. I need to, y'all didn't get it. I need to break, watch this, because sometimes the sickness isn't the issue. Sometimes the thing that's yoked him to the sickness is the issue. Sometimes it ain't people that the issue. Sometimes it's the fact that you're yoked to the So he said, let me anoint him with oil so that the yoke, the connection is broken. Did you get this? <laughs> so look at verse 15 in James chapter 5. And the prayer of faith will do what? Come on, Horace. It'll do what? And the Lord will do what? Who's going to do it? It's going to do what? Now, as he said, the Lord just going to think about it. What is he going to do? Watch this part. Watch this next part, because now this will help you understand a little bit more about sometimes how sickness makes it into the bloodline. And if he did something wrong. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Well, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about healing. We are. In other words, he was saying, if something opened the door that gave that a right to be there, maybe it was just simply agreeing with a negative report that gave it a right to be there because you agreed with it. So if you go around and say, well, my blank whatever the sickness or illness is, you just agreed with it. So now you've given it a legal right to possess you. Here's the problem. You don't even belong to you. So you got somebody staying in somebody else's house. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You got somebody, you got a roommate, and you don't even pay no bills. How you, how you invite somebody to stay and you don't even pay for nothing? What do you mean? The scripture says you were bought with a price. You are not your own, which means to give sickness a right to stay in your body, you are letting it live in a house that's not even yours. So let, let me, can I, can, I, can I show you how granular this is? You might say, I have this. What you just did, you, you said, Bishop, I'm just telling like it is. What you're doing is agreeing with it. So now that's why when you pray and say, I prayed and then nothing happened. Well, how can, how, can, how can the yoke be broken when after it was broken, you went back and said, come here. 
Put that back on me. That's what you do. So watch this. Can, 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 can I make it real granular? Because it seems like we're in a learning mood. Are we in a learning mood? Right, I got five minutes, so we got to get this fourth one out. And I, and I got five minutes. So he said, Bishop got five on it. <laughs> now, now, now watch this, Harvest. Now watch this. Now watch this. So even with your finances, can we go there for a minute? You say, I, I receive it. I'm marketing abundance. Nothing missing. Blah, blah, blah. And then when you go out and say, you know what? Psh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You just gave, I don't know, a right to remain. And you may think, Bishop, it's not that serious. Oh, but it is. Because the scripture says men will give account for their idle words. The words they spoke that they didn't think meant anything, those are the words that they're paying for. And giving an account for them is not standing in front of Jesus years later. Giving an account for them is your life manifesting it now. Y'all grab that scripture for me. Men will give, a, give an account for every idle word spoken. Are you getting that? So, 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 so here it is. Matthew 12, 36. Put it up. But I say to you, every idle word. Here's the idle words. It's the stuff you say on autopilot. You know how we get on autopilot? I, I had to really, uh, matter of fact, when that thing was pushing me last week, I just, I just started slapping myself around. And then I anointed myself and cast it down. <laughs> so, no, I'm just being funny. But, but, but I, I had to say, whoa, wait a minute. I spoke that. I can't be mad at what's manifesting because I gave it a right to be there. Don't be mad when stuff shows up that you invited. If you keep saying I'm not good enough, guess what's going to show up? Low self-esteem. If you keep saying nothing ever works for me, guess what's going to show up? Failure. You got to learn how to mm, shut your mouth sometimes because you're going to have to give an account for it. And the day of judgment is not a day to come. The day of judgment is when it manifests in your life. So, so, so you might say, I like that. Well, I spell backwards. So watch this. So watch this. So watch this. Here's what you might do. Here's what you might do. You just might be talking to yourself. You know how you talk to yourself? Now, you, just go ahead. you can be honest with me. I know you don't want your neighbor thinking. Okay. But here's the deal. <laughs> but here's the deal. You know how you just be talking to yourself sometimes? In fact, you know, okay, watch this. I'm going to get the real folk here. That you, you ever rehearse stuff? Okay, thank you. Thank y'all for being ready. You ever rehearsed? Okay, good. The bishop is not alone. You ever rehearsed stuff? Like, I'm going to say this and this and then and then. And like, you pre-play a conversation you're going to have. So then I'm going to be like, you know, and I don't really understand what you meant with that, and, you know, because, you know. <laughs> and then you're going to prayer while you're, anybody? Okay, y'all do it too. Y'all do it too. Okay. Okay. Like. I'll be talking. <laughs> Y'all stretch your hands for me. I, I'll be talking and just, re you know, because you got to just rehearse things. And then I like, you know, I just be playing. There. And then I'll go into prayer. <laughs> and then I'll come out of prayer and go back into rehearsal. <laughs> okay, don't feel bad because your bishop does it too. Don't you feel bad? It's just humanity. <laughs> you do it too. So the Lord just set some of y'all free because some of y'all been beating yourself up for it. Be free from that. You're all right. It's cool. Just a human being. But check this out. Um, there, there, and, and, and I was looking. I said, you know what? I said, you know what? How did that get here? And then the Lord will trace it. Be like, you said it. 
you said it. And you said that, and you said that. And you think, but, 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 we don't get angry about what we invited to show up. So it's important that we're very conscious of what we say. Got it? Stop saying, I don't know. That's why you don't ever know nothing. It's just that simple. You wonder why? I don't know why I can't figure nothing out. You just keep saying, I can't never figure nothing out. You gave it a right to be there, which means you agreed with it. See, faith works both ways. This neighbor say, in the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare that every negative word I've spoken concerning my life right now, in the name of Jesus, its power is made void. In the name of Jesus, I declare it's canceled from the spirit realm. Cease. Coming to pass in Jesus' name. You better shout if you believe what you just. Oh, my God. Oh, I felt a release right there for somebody. I felt a release right there for somebody. Hallelujah. Okay, I got to finish. 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 All right. All right. Now, uh. So watch this, because we're talking about physical healing. When sickness shows up, harvest, don't agree with it. Get prayer. And then repair the breach if there is one. But so what's the breach? You saw how he was talking about sin, doing those things, doing those kind of things. So you just need to evaluate yourself and say, did I do something that, that opened this the gate? But then here's another place to examine, unforgiveness. Because here's what happens. Here's why sometimes you pray something like, I don't, it doesn't seem like it happened. Anybody ever felt like that? It doesn't seem like it happened. Anybody ever sown seed and be like, Lord, I ain't got to return. Well, let me, the Lord told me to tell somebody this tonight too. Listen, some of you, 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 you expecting a big harvest to come back after a big seed. Bigger harvests take more time. So you shut your mouth talking about, I ain't seen nothing. Because if you keep putting that in the atmosphere, you put it out there again, the harvest is going to say, well, we ain't coming because they don't want us. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Big seed will produce big harvest, but it takes more time. So don't be sitting saying, it just seemed like it. Okay, all right, good luck. Good luck with that. Your, your, your harvest, my God, somebody's harvest is scheduled for tomorrow. I just, and the Lord showed me a time. I don't know how I'm going to. Somebody's harvest is scheduled for tomorrow. And the Lord needed you to hear this tonight. So you'd shut your mouth and not uproot it tonight. Somebody is being made to favor you tonight. They won't be able to sleep tonight because God is going into their bedroom and it's going to wake them up to. What's this? I got to move. I got to move. Got to move. Got to move. Unforgiveness is a blockage. Because literally the scripture says, if you don't forgive your neighbor who sinned against you, the Lord won't forgive you. Make sense? Here's what that means. If you go to God with a petition but have unforgiven sin, the petition can't make it. 
Now, it's not because you named everything you did. That's why when we pray for forgiveness of sin, we pray for the forgiveness of sin we did knowingly and unknowingly. Because this is some stuff we like, I didn't even know. Right? So it's not about naming every little thing you did. No, it's not about that. That's not what God's saying. What God is saying is that for me to move for you, I need you to give to them what I've given you. Here it is, Matthew 6.15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Got it? So one of the things to, to, to be very cognizant of, and this is one of those daily things like bitterness and grief and sorrow, is to release all of that. Every day. Until you know that you know that your knower knows is gone. Bishop, how do I know that my knower knows? Because you can say the name of the person or situation and feel great. Rather than, <laughs> oh, no, I let him go. I forgave him. Huh? So did. Well, then why is all that attitude not know that you didn't do it? Oh, come on, Harvest. Come on. Fellas, you know, you know, we may not do all the extra. You know, like, oh, no, I forgave him. Right. Whenever that is normally an indication that you ain't quite forgiven. And what I've discovered is this, is that right before great breakthroughs, sometimes unforgiveness pops up as the last ditch effort of hell to try to stop what's getting ready to manifest for you. Got to move. Got to move. Got it? Now, now here we are. Uh, number four, we are healed generationally. I got a minute and a quarter. <laughs> Say, I'm healed generationally. Genesis 12, it says, God starts, I've talked about that a million times. I'll teach on a million one. God says, I want to do something brand new in you, Abram. I couldn't do it with your father, Terah, T-E-R-A-H, who was Abram's father because he was a wild goat. He was a loiterer. He was an animal. Literally, that's what his name meant. He wouldn't serve me. And so now, Abram, I'm giving you an opportunity to start fresh. That's why he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not the God of Terah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because Terah said no, so God started where there was a yes. Touch your neighbor say, you are the Yes. See, you need to understand this. You are the Abraham of your bloodline. God is starting something fresh in you. You are the curse breaker. And you're not too old. Abraham was 75 when he finally obeyed. And you're not too young. Josiah was eight and became king when his father was assassinated. And he's in the genealogy of Jesus. Bishop, what are you trying to tell us? God says, I want to fix your bloodline through you. And if I don't get a yes out of you, don't you think for one moment I won't skip over you and go to the generation after you. But I'm glad I lead a church. And I'm glad I pastor people that say, God, we are the people that will give you a yes. We are the people that say, do what you want to do in our bloodline and do it through us. Are there any people in here tonight that say, I'm giving God a yes? I won't get it right all the time, but he's still got my yes. I, I may make some mistakes, but he's still got my yes. I might feel like going in the town sometimes, but he still has my Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.